Hello, and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name's Eric Jensen. We're back. Last week was kind of a special episode. We went through, we did, we talked about every single team in this entire uh, NFL. I'm sure uh, Mason, who joins us tonight, saw that on his podcast feed. Uh, I did. I would not blame you if you didn't click on it because it did run like over two hours. It was rough. Uh, I promise our, I, I promise our, you know, our, our, our 10 loyal listeners that this podcast will not go two hours. That is my promise to you tonight. But, uh, I'm in a dimly lit room in Salt Lake City. Bradford's looking handsome as hell in Alberta, Canada. He's got a great head of hair on him today. I, I would say I'm in a, in a moderately lit room. Yeah. Moderately lit. I, I would I would describe it as that way too. Mason's looking good out there in the garage. I'm in a very well lit basement. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, I mean, it's just a classic Enzo podcast, and and that's that's what we're doing today. We we have just a, a a ton of NFL stuff to get to. We're gonna talk about teams and games and. Uh, crazy coaching hires and all sorts of wild and wacky stuff. But I want to start here. This was really my first, I, I'll be honest, I did most of my watching this week through highlights. I've kind of taken an NFL detox the past two weeks. I always do this in about October, right before the stretch run, is I get my and especially if the product's semi-bad, which this year, let's just be honest, the product has been semi-bad. I just As take Broncos fan. I, speak I just, for yourself, man. We're out here eating good. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just, I just take it. To, I, I just take a few. You know, I take a few weeks off, and then I get, I recommit myself in in November, and I know. That everyone's like, oh, well, you're probably out here trying to be the next NFL analyst. How are you going to take weeks off in the season? Well, I'm clearly not the next NFL analyst. And this is just a hobby for me. So uh, I, I don't know why I'm explaining all this. But just to the haters out there who are like, Eric, why aren't you plugged in on what's happening in week six? Uh, well, be, because ultimately that doesn't matter. And all, all, all that really matters is... Uh, from here to the rest of a the way out, but um, now... I'm not a hater, but I will say you picked an incredibly poor week to skip most of these games live. This was a phenomenal week of football. I would put that up there with I believe it was week two. I would say this and week two have been the two best weeks of football that we've had all year. It was quite good. I watched the highlights to most every game I was interested in. Uh, it was good, but well, I wanted to start that way. What? was the most interesting thing you both saw this week while watching football I'll start with you mason uh the most interesting thing i got to see this week because we're gonna leave that for later uh joe mixon and the freaking Bengals just like absolutely going ham all over the panthers every time i looked up he's scoring another touchdown like is this a highlight from previous like no it's a no touchdown joe mixon's deciding to score and unfortunately he's nearly losing track because he's running out of fingers on one hand yeah 
have a great celebration running into the end zone where he counted out his touchdowns was 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 fantastic great day by joe mixon really needed it it, it was his best performance of the season all year by far um he, and if they can get that ground game going they can really survive the jamar chase injury and and stay competitive which they're going to need to lean on Joe Mixon and have that ground game working the next few weeks because of the Ravens, they look very, very good right now. So Bradford, what caught your eye? Uh, I have quite a few things, but I'll say that the one thing I will remember about this week, most of all, is a video of a shirtless Kirk Cousins on, I believe, an airplane yeah. covered in chains. Doing, <laughs> that doing was the, great. Doing the death that. That will stick with me as a, as an all time NFL image. And and uh, and on, on a more serious note, uh, the thing that really caught my eye, uh, how about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Three interceptions to the Lions defense. The Lions defense that would probably let you and I score on them, and Aaron Rodgers can't score more than nine points against the Lions. Come on, like this brutal. Yeah, you kind of stole mine. Uh, the image I, to me that sticks out is, I believe it's his third interception of the day. He's just screaming. I mean, you just look at Aaron Rodgers. It, it's his whole body. He's contorting on the field. And it's just like Aaron Rodgers is very, very angry right now. And something about that just made me laugh a it's lot. It's pretty funny. And uh, he's just very, very angry and very, very bad, it turns out. Uh, I would say this is this past three-week stretch has been the worst of his entire career. Uh, I would say easily. Uh, it's he got picked off by a white guy. When is the last time you saw a white guy <laughs> get an interception? Impossible. Like, I mean, he nearly had more interceptions last this one game than he's had in a couple of different years. Yes, of his career, like unbelievable. Yeah, he Packers, he is on an epic downturn. The Packers. They're just cooked. I know that we all listen to the Around the NFL podcast. Haven't gotten all the way through this latest episode, but I did notice that they went and uh, forked the Packers, which deservedly so is is very very interesting. It is November eighth, and we're saying the Packers have no shot at making the playoffs. But I honestly have to agree. You lose Romeo Dubs for like the next four to six weeks. Rashawn Gary out for the season. Like Eric Stokes has got injuries dealing with. Aaron Jones is battling through some stuff. It's just, it's just tough out here to be a Green Bay Packer right now. Like they, they might legitimately finish the season with like six, seven wins. Like they're they're gonna be. That might be optimistic. Yeah. And um, where they're playing. Especially with I mean, Rashawn Gary out now too. Like that's I mean, they just lost fifteen to nine to the Lions. Like them getting another win might genuinely be tough to come by. Here's just a really crazy thought. 
here's a really crazy thought. And just hear me out. Let's say they only win five games. Let's say they end up with, like, say, a top 10 NFL draft pick. Let's say in a deep quarterback class, one of these guys, like a Bryce Young or a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker, falls to them at, like, four or five. I know they just gave Aaron Rodgers all that money, but, like... I know it would be hard to do, but like you could get a team that's desperate for a quarterback. Like you could call up the New York Jets and say, listen, I know he's got a huge cap hit, but like, why don't you throw us two or three first round picks for Aaron Rodgers and move on? That's totally crazy. And it probably won't happen. No, it's the Colts. The Colts is the team. The Colts. Colts. It is the the Colts. Colts. He's totally a cold next year. Oh my god! He's a cold next year. That's oh yeah, he's right a cold next, next year. year. That's, That's a great point. Point. The, Jets, the Jets honestly feel like they're actually in a good place, and they've got a good GM. And I don't think a good GM makes a deal for Aaron Rodgers. But man, the Colts are a revolving door of washed-up quarterbacks. So like Aaron Rodgers, Colts, twenty twenty-three. Let's go. Oh, that's totally. That is an excellent is gonna be in his glory. That's an excellent call. I forget which one of you made it at this point. I think Brad Bradford, that's an excellent call. Mason said it first. I'll give credit where credit is due. Boys, that is an excellent call, and that gives us a great transition. Because if there's any motherfucker in this league right now who's crazy enough to just trade it all for Aaron Rodgers. It's Jim Mersey. Jim Mersey. <laughs> Give me Jeff Saturday and Aaron Rodgers oh. for a whole year. Make it happen. For oh my, my God. Did either of you watch Pat McAfee try to explain Jim Irsay's press conference? Because no, that was I, just. I have not seen oh, it. It was so good because, I mean, like, he likes the guy, he knows the guy, and he comes to defend him a little bit. And he, I mean, he does an admirable job in certain qualities, but, I mean, even he gets a certain point. He's like, all right, he's clearly, like, lost a little bit of what he's saying here, but I think this is what he was going for. And it's just hilarious trying to watch somebody trying to, like, scoop that all back into Jim Irsay's mouth and be like, no, 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 these were the things he actually meant to say. And, uh, yeah, no, he's a crazy guy, and I love him a lot, honestly. <laughs> The thing with the Colts, I mean, part of this whole question, I don't know if you've if you've seen, there was an interview with, I remember seeing this come up on my feed and, and being perplexed by it, of Chris Ballard trying to defend a lot of the team's actions and everything. And he's like, you guys are always getting on me for not investing in receivers, but the offensive line sucks. And I'm like, what, what are you trying to say, Chris? <laughs> I'm really good at this one thing, but I'm absolutely terrible at this other thing, and you're not criticizing me enough for this. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like, what are you what are you trying to suggest? Just just brutal. Like like letting I mean it, it, like cause they just let Danigo Autry the other year go to the go to the go to the Colts and so they invest capital there and could he pay instead of like, oh, what if you brought in I don't know, you could have drafted Christian Derrissaw. He's been awesome, but no, 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 no. It's just self-inflicted, bizarre mistakes. And it's funny because for so many years, we were so high on Chris Ballard. I'm like, 
Look at what a great team he's built of pro bowlers, and look how much cap space they have. Well, you know what? That cap space means nothing if you don't spend it on anything. And they didn't spend on anything. And when they did spend it on stuff, it was Eric Fisher. And it's just like, what? It's Michael. You're just making cartoon hires. Jeff Saturday? Like, so I will give credit on this for the one take I heard on the Jeff Saturday hire is that it might open up the door and give a chance for ex-players who, you know, people have been involved with to maybe get a, a speed run through some of the coaching ranks and get to that higher end coaching rank where they could be a head coach. Because like the way it's set up right now for an ex-player to get to actually be a head coach, if they had a long career, ain't happening unless you want to coach until you're 80. And so maybe that works out for their benefit but yeah otherwise i have no i have no clue <laughs> disaster it's what are what are they doing i don't i i don't understand like this the, what what is the plan i don't i don't understand maybe maybe he'll fix matt ryan i don't yeah, but maybe are we ever going to see matt ryan again like maybe no. has he no. what's happening you don't think so Why i not? don't know so ursay Ursa's, oh, you think this is an Ursay decision so that it's not going to be reversible? It's all Ursay decisions. What, what are we even talking about? I guess do that's you, probably fair. Do no, we, that's fair. Do we really think Chris Ballard just randomly in the middle of the season was like, I'm going to fire Frank Reich, and then I'm going to bring in Jeff Saturday as his replacement? Like, that that's a way to get yourself <laughs> fired if you're Chris Ballard. Like... This is Jim Irsay. This is Jim Irsay bringing in his pal and saying, hey, listen, what we have right now isn't working. We need a quarterback. It's time for you to lose. It's time for you to lose big. And it's time for you to try to get the number one overall pick. And if he gets, and this is where the Rodgers conspiracy comes back in. If they... It, the Packers don't want the number one overall pick and say, no, we're not going to move Aaron Rodgers. Ursay still wins because he can take one of these guys like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and sell the quote unquote rebuild on that because he, he is so trapped in the mid 2000s that he thinks this Colts roster is a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. And it's not. We've been saying this for weeks. Bradford and I talked about this last week. The Colts should commit to a long-term rebuild that includes several years of being, you know, one of the worst teams in the league and collecting drafts, draft assets and setting things up. But Jim Irsay is impatient and he's tired of losing. And he's he's still living in the Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning glory days. And he's saying... Guys, you've sold me on all these bum quarterbacks, which is why it started as a joke. But legitimately, the Aaron Rodgers thing makes so much sense here. Ursay is desperate for a quarterback. He is just desperate to put a big name quarterback in Lucas Oil Stadium. That's all he wants because he he. Let's be honest. He probably had his hand in benching Matt Ryan. He was the one who said, we need to move on from Carson Wentz. He definitely did say that, which is why it sold me on, like, the Matt Ryan benching is probably him. Right. Like, 
he has his hands in all of this. Ironically, the guy who went the hardest after Dan Snyder is actually the one who's the most like Dan Snyder in that he's got his hands in his franchise and thinks he's the GM. Like, when just not in the cheerleader skirts. I think that's where the yeah, difference comes that's in. That's true. That is true. It's better. Jim, at least, at least he's he's more into like weird guitars and like, DUIs. And, he's really and flying into cars and getting to Mars. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. I, I DUIs. Think this, Don't forget the DUIs. I think the issue was. They were quarterback they away the for so long that now they're just an everything away, which is very sad. But I'm I'm I remember very clearly a Colts team that was very good, led by Philip Rivers, that came a drive away from beating the Bills in the playoffs. That, yeah, that was, was a scary day. Game. That was a scary day. The Bills almost lost that game. Yes, like, they did. It's the Colts were a pretty dominant team for large stretches of last year off the defense and running game. Like he he was a quarterback away. It's it's so tragic. For so long, they had the quarterback and nothing else. And then the quarterback goes because they wouldn't give him the anything else. And then they get the everything else, and they can't find a quarterback. And now they have nothing. It's just tragic. Like, it's, it's, it's genuinely Shakespearean what has happened to the Indianapolis Colts. And I got to say, not that I'm some kind of Colts hater, but I am enjoying it a little bit. Like it's it's they they've created tra- like a, a a a hell for themselves and it's it's a, a mind blowing decision making. Like I don't I don't. This know would be the do. only other team I would want on hard knocks other than the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, gosh, them gonna be the ones on hard knocks is gonna be so delicious. <laughs> this yeah. is there's always one there's always one from year to year, and really. I didn't see it coming. I really didn't see it coming. But they are the chaos franchise this year. They are the franchise that is just like, oh, it doesn't matter what's going on here. We're going to bring in Jeff Saturday as our coach. We're going to lose a lot of games. We're, we're going to run out Sam Ellinger every week and, and allow nine sacks against the Patriots. And holy cow, I mean – I kind of came on here end of a week because I didn't think we talked about it enough last week. I was going to clown the Raiders and go after the Raiders and say, oh, look at the Raiders. They're so dysfunctional. Honestly, the most dysfunctional franchise in the entire NFL right now is the Indianapolis Colts somehow, which is crazy. And you know what I cannot wait to do next monday i have to work this basketball game but i'm gonna dvr it i cannot wait to hear what peyton manning has to say on the manning cast i i am utterly enthralled i would love to hear what he thinks about the colts because he hates them like very publicly he hates them he's totally divorced himself from the franchise he lives in colorado He's associated the most with the Broncos. He has associated himself the most with the Broncos. He wants to be a part of Broncos ownership. I am like, he'd never say it publicly because he's a manicured, perfect, like PR person. But I would just love to hear what Peyton Manning has to say about the current state of the Indianapolis Colts because he and Jeff Saturday were tight. I don't think he'd say anything bad about Jeff Saturday, 
I just I just wonder how he feels about right right about now seeing Ursay just chaos bomb his own franchise. And that's the craziest part of this. This wasn't like a scandal. This wasn't, you know, something outside of your control. This wasn't a resignation in the middle of the night. This was a concerted effort. An owner thought woke Jim Ursay just woke up last night and he chose chaos. He was just like, huh, you know. Oh, or no, here's the meme. You're, Jim Mercer woke get up. Your wish on this Manning cast thing. I know, I know. He's not. They're off anything. until no, they're off until week thirteen. Ah, damn. Not only are they not on next week, but they are missing the Colts by literally a week. Oh, we so would have gotten, we would have gotten everything you wanted. That's what I was digging deep for. I was like, oh man, is he actually going to be calling a Colts game? Because we might actually get some of that. He might not be able to help himself, but let some of that out. We're missing it by a week. Damn. That's tragic. That nah, is tragic. Nah, I was looking but, forward to that. Nah, but Jim Irsay woke up yesterday, Bradford, and he said, I choose violence. And that's, he did. you know. <laughs> I commend it, honestly, because the NFL is more. I, I gain more value from the Sam Ellinger, Jeff Saturday Colts than I do from the Matt Ryan, Frank Wright Colts. And that's. in this. Yeah. That's more fun. Like. At least, at least I'm interested to see what Is happens. Is it Because, like, with Frank Reich, they it's more have, meaningful. At they least, might I mean, have watch Matt Ryan tank a season. Half a yeah. chance, but like, I think this offense. I think they're going to be truly unwatchable. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, no, but honestly, maybe watchable in the sense that it's like, how bad can it get? Give me a full season of that Broncos Colts game. Oh. I just. I just want to watch it's that. It's going to be worse than So that. we can all check out three hours after start time. Because they're going to get – They're going to get – I get, Now I'm definitely curious. Colts schedule. Uh, over, under. Over, under with this current coaching staff, with the team in this – Like, how are you going to sell DeForest Buckner on playing hard? How many if, wins do they have right now? Because that's where I set the over-under. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm asking game. you I'm asking you a different question here. They play oh, okay. the Raiders, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Texans, and the Giants. Okay. I say over-under one and a half times they lose by 40-plus points. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Man, one and a half makes it. You know what? I might take the over two. I could see it happening twice. That feels like a realistic thing that could happen. This team's not going to win another game unless a team severely shoots itself in the own. Like, this, this is Sam Ellinger is nowhere close to being an NFL quarterback. I mean, we don't know how Jeff Saturday's gotten the. Got in the oven, but oh I. Oh my I God. If the Raiders it. ever lost to the Colts this Sunday. <gasps> I'm gonna oh, be but that could for the so Colts. happen. That could so happen. Oh, dude, that's the chaos bowl right there. Because you know who's you know who's gonna wake up and choose violence if his team somehow loses to Jeff Saturday Colts? Mark Davis. Mark oh. Davis is gonna wake up because Mark, if there's one guy that probably wants to wake up and choose violence more than Jim Mercer, it's 
Mark Davis. He chooses violence every time he goes to the barber shop. Like, why? Why does he choose to do that to his head? <laughs> I'll never, I'll never understand it. It's offensive to my eyeballs. Go get your PF chains, bro, and like let fire this thing up. <laughs> I, I like leave. McDaniel's John- is dead next week, yeah. though. If they lose, McDaniel's is is. Is going straight back to New England. That's not. They've already had not one but two meetings before he heads to the press conference. I say if they lose, McDaniel's doesn't speak to the media. He gets fired on the spot. Was there no meeting for the last game? They blew like a seventeen-point lead. No, uh, the meetings came after the. Saints Cardinals game. It has to be after the Cardinals game. And the it was early on. That's Cardinals. That's the one where they blew like a 20 something point lead. Just like I don't think they played the Cardinals. Oh, sorry. I'm on the Colts schedule. That's why I don't see they did play the Cardinals. Because I I remember Murray pulled off like some ridiculous like two point conversion play where he like ran around for like 200 yards on one play. If it sounds like we're all just a bunch of manic, rambling, like 20 to 30-something-year-old men just rambling wildly about the Indianapolis Colts right now, I apologize. That's because we are. That, but, the, but, we're, but that's literally exactly what we are, and I appreciate you going 30-something. That's, that's, that's literally what we are. Like, there's no other way to, like, approach this. This is just crazy it's how just about, absolutely nuts how about we talk about something also pressing mason how are you doing like bills wise bad i mean bad i don't know bad um oh yeah we, i guess we, we should st- move the we, topic away we've given the colts enough real estate for for a year um let's talk I about let's talk about mason's buffalo billies so how so, so what what is up with that elbow? We don't know. Tomorrow we should hopefully know more. But just everything that feels like it could be an indicator feels almost off a little bit. Although now Diggs is tweeting. So I don't know what the hell to think about anything. We don't know. All Buffalo's willing to donate our elbow to Josh if he hears us. Um, we could give all our elbows and maybe fuse it into one good elbow that he could use. For the remainder of the season, I think we could all live without elbows. Um, but you know, honestly, a, l- a little more concerning than that is the, the week and a half of brain farts the dude's been having. Honestly, um, he threw the worst pick of the season last week, or the yeah. last. Week. That's the worst pick yeah. I've seen. Yeah, no, he it something's up. In this last week and a half, this, I mean, you know, people hit slumps sometimes, and I think that might just be where he's at, and he needs to, to figure it out. And if there's a guy I trust to kind of, like, self-correct and do stuff, because even in the press conference after the game, you know, when he was asked about it, he's like, it's really tough to win an NFL game with a shitty quarterback. And so, you know, he clearly is going to take a lot onto himself, which a lot of fairness he should, because, you know, defense did its job pretty regularly and he just never was completing those balls i mean the jets defense looked great too it it, you can't really take a lot away from them their coverage was pretty stellar all over the place and those safeties like nobody's business yeah it's sauce man if there was anybody i didn't want to have a freaking interception it was sauce god (laughs) Uh, why does the afc have to be good why 
lose all of the AFC East. It's not just the Jets either. That's I hate all of you, the AFC East, all of you. I want you to hear it right here, right now. Miami, New I Jersey, will, New England, you all, I hate you all. Why? I will never forgive the AFC East for like, like, okay, so you got Brady and the Patriots and the entire AFC East collectively is like, we will run the most dysfunctional organizations you have ever seen for 20 years. And then the second yep. he leaves, they're all like, yeah, we're actually smart now. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna hire really competent front offices, and we're gonna get really good coaching staffs in here. We that got from day one look now. really competent, you know. It's 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 really crazy too. So mad because like last, I mean, obviously it worked out pretty well, but with the Chiefs last off season, when all the teams in the division were just selling all out to beat us, and it's like. How come that never happened to Brady, man? He just got to play. And these guys just This is laid. why it never happened to Brady is because none of them had the quarterback to sell out behind. All of them were still desperately looking for that, dude. Yeah. yeah it's a it's, revolving it's... door of coaches and quarterbacks, man, in all three of those organizations. Tannehill and Fitzpatrick were the two guys who probably had the longest runs out of anybody, and that's such a sad statistic. Okay, okay. Back. I feel like – I, I need to call him, I need to talk you off the ledge here, Mason. Uh, let me be the voice of reason. Josh Allen has always had this in him. It, my favorite quote about quarterbacking of all time came at a University of Utah commencement speech given by Alex Smith, who said, pardon my language here, this is End Zone Podcast After Dark, um, Every court, every great quarterback needs to have a little bit of fuck it in them. And every great, great quarterback just has to have that gene in them that just says, fuck it. I got to throw this pass. Like, I got I to get this ball out. I got to make this play. Josh Allen's entire personality, like his character, like every fiber of his being is just like, fuck it. Let's just go out and and throw this pass. Like I I I I don't give a shit, and it's good to have, but it is gonna come back to bite you at least like one or two times a year. It happened last year. It happened the year before. This is just who he is. It's in his DNA. I just need to tell you, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Even if the elbow's a little bit hurt and they have to turn to the ground game and and say, hey, like, honestly, Case Keenum's a serviceable backup. If Josh Allen needs two or three weeks with that defense, you can absolutely go two and one. Like, you can absolutely do that and remain at the top of the AFC. And yes. You want home field advantage. You don't want to have to go to Arrowhead. But we saw last year he kept up in Arrowhead. And Arrowhead does not scare Josh Allen. And at the end of the day, home field advantage doesn't matter. What matters is that you're healthy and the Bills are playing their best football come January. And what we saw from them last year was they started slow. They had some of these games, these mistakes. Remember the Jacksonville game last year? It Josh actually, Allen that was also week nine. Like, like his somebody did a deep dive on Bill's Reddit, and his week nine is like some of the most atrocious. Yeah, football you've like ever I'm seen from a quarterback. And I'm telling you, thing. Mason, you just gotta take some deep breaths. 
He always sucks in November. I'm not ready to jump off a ledge. I'm just really irritated that the other three teams couldn't just take a dirt map for a year. Just take the year off, guys. You could even if you got lucky with like a with like an AFC West thing where they where they do try all out and they end up taking a dirt nap anyways. Right. No, but they're setting themselves up for success and I hate it. Okay. I, I, I know what it looks like right now. But let's just fast forward to January. And let's fast forward to Josh Allen's probably just beating the brakes off of the che- off of the Patriots in like week six. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What you, yeah, what yeah. You that was that was. I think a you're wish casting a little Freudian bit. Freudian slip. Freudian Bro. slip. But maybe not uh, you, Bradford. But we're uh, the rest of us. <laughs> but uh, Freudian slip by me. But the, he's just beating the brakes <laughs> off the Patriots in New England. Greg Rosenfalls on me around the NFL podcast saying, I've never seen a quarterback with more control of an offense than Josh Allen. And uh and, and he's he'll probably re- be right. And they'll roll into January. And sure, maybe you see the Jets. But do you really think Zach Wilson is gonna outduel Josh Allen? No. Scott Gardner might and, though. No, absolutely I mean, not. I will tell you right now, I'm going to put you sauce gardener. I will put a singular ice cream sandwich on a sauce gardener Josh Allen playoff interception. I'll, I'll put one ice cream sandwich down on it right now. An absolutely not. Josh Allen is a different character in the playoffs. A sauce gardener but... gets a Josh Allen interception in the postseason. I'll take you on that. <laughs> Because that's that's not happening. I won't. I won't. I can't. I can't do that. It, my heart's in it too much. I, I just I, I, a, I'm hurt either way. I have a weird feel. I'm not saying the Jets win that game because they don't. But no, I'm just saying, give me a Sauce Gardner playoff interception from Josh Allen, and that is given that Josh Allen does not have Tommy John and he's just cooked for the year, which would be incredibly unfortunate. Why, why are you putting that negative energy out in the world, Bradford? I'm I, not. I, I, I don't like this. Do I have to kick you out of this zoo? I'm not. I don't. I like, you know I like Mason more than you. I do not want oh. Josh Allen to be injured. I do not want that. Uh, I'm not I'm not wish casting, unlike you. I, I do not want there to be injuries to Josh Allen because I, I want a Chiefs-Bills playoff game again. I don't know if my heart can take it, but I want it. The, the world I deserves, can't. I can't. The world deserves yeah. to see that again. And it's also always going to be annoying because if there's no Bills, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And all I'm going to have to listen about is, you only won because Josh Allen's I'm going to have to listen to that. I, when we win, which we will, I want it to be over the Bills. I want it, I want it to be like, yeah, silence the haters. Because I'll tell you another thing that happened last week. Regardless of Josh Allen's, injury, although that definitely helps this, Patrick Mahomes just won his second MVP award. I think I think he's fast tracking for it, and like it's that, that like I mean Allen throwing picks like that, Mahomes just just single handedly carrying the Chiefs past the Titans. This okay, this... let's calm down. I don't think Patrick Mahomes <laughs> has had a better season overall. That's okay. He can take that season. They never win the Super no, Bowl anyway. Let him have the MVP. No, no, no he hasn't. It, uh, he just... has. Patrick Mahomes down here. some statistics. Patrick Mahomes counting statistics. No, we're not talking about we're not talking about the, the we're not talking about the Chiefs yet. We're Offensive not talking. No, I've let this gone off the rails too far. 
we we are not talking about the Chiefs yet. There needs to be some elbow sustainability. I want to timestamp. Oh, you son of a bitch! I I want to timestamp this, Brad. No shitty brother. Okay, okay. Let's talk about how doomed the Bills are for a bit, and then we'll get to the Chiefs. All right, we'll get to the Chiefs eventually. We might not even get to the Chiefs today because they're good. They're boring. I don't want to talk about them. They'll be fine. Uh, they are hey, not. Fun. You want to talk good? The AFC East is the best division in football. I would agree. Let's let's talk about that. It's more. Ludicrous, but it's true. And let's let's talk about a specific game, Dolphins Bears, because what a game that was! Just an incredible football game. Like maybe my favorite football game of the year, to be honest with you. Tua. I just owe him apologies. I'm sorry. Like, I, I shouldn't have doubted you. I shouldn't have said, I want to see more. Because this is just what he is. Sure, he underthrows some deep balls sometimes. Sure, he, you know, he has a few hiccups here and there. But every week, he's going up. He's putting up 300 yards and two touchdowns. And ultimately, that's being a top 10 quarterback. He is a top 10 NFL quarterback with the ceiling to be a top five NFL quarterback. Because any quarterback who's a top 10 quarterback has the ceiling of being a top five quarterback. So shout out to uh, that offense just looks amazing. They're they're just playing really great ball. Tyreek Hill has had an unreal season. To me, he is the no doubt all pro at wide receiver. He is the absolute no questions asked. He is the all pro at wide receiver. And maybe across from him, a guy we'll get to later. I don't want to spoil it quite yet, but but he's in the NFC. I love what Tyreek Hill has done this year. It's It's been great. And Jalen Waddell has put up a really nice year beside him as well, a career year. They are starting to put it together, and you could see the blueprint on defense. Bradley Chubb was all over that game, but he didn't have an impact. Because of one guy, Justin Fields. I think it's time for us to just accept this guy has arrived. This is Justin Fields. Like, I, J- Justin Fields is now a part of our lives for the next at least three to five years. He is just an NFL quarterback that's going to exist. There's always this growth period for NFL quarterbacks from kind of their first season to their second season where you say, okay, are you a quarterback that's going to be in my life that I'm going to watch every week for the next three to five years? The next step for him, can he be a top 10 quarterback? We don't know that yet. We haven't seen that from him yet, but we've seen enough to say safely, this guy's going to be in our lives the next three to four years. And I'll say this, I do not think, and I I say this with all due respect because I love running quarterbacks, I think Justin Fields is the best running quarterback in the NFL, period. I think he is a better runner than Jalen Hurts. I think he's a better runner than Lamar Jackson. And I think he's a better runner than Josh Allen. And I think those are the guys you have to compete with right now. Because some of these plays he pulled, that touchdown he pulled off against Miami, you just don't see that from quarterbacks. 
he like when he gets in the open field, his ability to put his foot in the ground and make the cut, he, he looks like, and I mean this, I know some people take this as a fence. He looks like a running back when he runs. He just looks like a running back when he runs. And it's incredible. And honestly, I know people have qualms about the throwing stuff. I thought he looked fine throwing the ball against Miami. If that can come together, if he can take the leap and continue to use his legs for rest of the year, the Bears have something. They need to cultivate it. And if Chase Claypool doesn't get a no flag on what is an obvious pass interference, which, by the way, that's the other thing that caught my eye this week. It used to be, what's a catch? Now it is, what is pass interference? Because there's there's just no clear definition. Because in that Lions-Packers game, in the Rams-Bucks uh, game, in that Dolphins-Bears game, there are multiple situations where it's like, why is that being called pass interference there, but it's not being called pass interference there? It's difficult. That was a ramble. I did not mean to just throw in the pass interference thing after one. This is going to be a podcast just for the diehards. I can already tell. This is not my best. This is not my best effort. But (laughs) holy cow, my original point, Justin Fields, I'm just in. I'm in. I want to see more of him. I want to see them build the offense around him running the football. I want them to use him like Lamar Jackson. That's what I want. Because if they use him like Lamar Jackson, he can be as good as Lamar Jackson. I think I I agree with you. I mean, he, for the most part, he. I mean, he set the all-time record for rushing yards in a game, didn't he? Like that, yeah. that, that's that's for quarterback. That's freaking intense. I, yeah. I personally I will say this, and this is just personal preference. I believe Josh Allen is the best rushing quarterback in the league because and the the reason I say that, it's a very different thing because you don't expect him to rack up the same yardage, but in a run situation, there's nobody I fear more at quarterback. Um right. he's got the size. Fields doesn't Fields, quite have the like size. With, with Allen, and maybe he just especially does this against Kansas City. I don't know. But it's just whenever he's running, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to make it. You know? Fields, though, he's more fun to watch. It is incredible. Like, I, start of the year, I thought I was fast-tracking my way to some ice cream sandwiches from you and our little golf versus Fields competition. But that's starting to swing the other way, man. I'm getting a little nervous. Like, Yeah, Fields has been absolutely incredible. And, and I, I thought he'd be further along as a passer at this point, but you can see the passing stuff just comes a little bit slower to him. He has a hard time processing sometimes, I think. I think the game's still a little bit fast for him. But I think down the stretch, especially with Chase Claypool, I think there's going to be some games where you see it. And I, I think the Bears are in a good position because I think that they'll they'll have a top 15 draft pick. I don't see them as a team that's going to legitimately get in the, in the race in the NFC for, for the playoffs. I, I get the, the conference is bad. But I just I don't view the Bears as a as a playoff team. They don't have the defense anymore. Um, they have all these extra picks from trading away Robert Quinn and 
uh, Roquan Smith. They're I, in a really good spot because they are. I, they can I a, go. They can go, and you know, I, I just have to apologize for what I said about them all off season because you you, you were on the podcast, Bradford. Like I killed them for not going after weapons for Justin Fields, but they I did do, that I, at the tra- they did that at the trade deadline. They said, "Here's Chase Claypool." And Chase Claypool is a good weapon to bring in to test. And if you have some cap space this season and you have some extra picks, they can go out, they can draft an offensive tackle, they can improve their offensive line, they can get a wide receiver, or they can go the Bengals route and get the best wide receiver available and see if they can survive behind a kind of shoddy offensive line for one more year. But they are on the right track. To me, I think they're probably we're talking about them when we do this podcast next August as a team we think's a dark horse to make the playoffs. I I think they're a, a good off season away from being that. And that was something unfathomable to think about about six months ago. So you know, really good moves by uh by the Bears. So, I, I have a question. This is kind of going back to the Dolphins a little bit. I want you to, to tell me, who would you put higher in the coach of the year discussion? Mike McDaniels, Brian Dable, Robert Sala, given the seasons that have commenced from those franchises in the AFC East. You want to rank Sean McDermott in there, too, for fun, because he's also up there as well. Well... I know what you're you're trying to to me it's Dable just because the Giants roster is so bad. Like over McDaniels though, with what he's constructed? No, no, because you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Like to me, the best pure coaching job in the NFL right now is honestly not Dable. I'd go Pete Carroll to be completely honest with you. But um Dable has done the best coaching job out of all those coaches that you mentioned. I know McDermott's had a good year with, with Buffalo and, and I'm not saying that he's a, he's a worse coach or anything like that. I just think we came into the year thinking the giants were going to win two to four games and they have six, almost six wins right now at the halfway point of the season. And in a scrappy kind of weird division, and a weird conference, they could probably make the playoffs, which is crazy to think about. And he's worked with what he's got, which is Daniel Jones, who's an extremely limited passer. And I just think, to me, he's the guy for Coach of the Year right now. I think working with the options you gave me, I think I would have to agree that it's probably the bowl, unless you see – the Giants continue to like slide a little bit and keep losing some of these games. And if the Dolphins can manage to sweep the Bills, I think that kind of changes things there. Uh, I don't think Sean McDermott even gets in the race anymore unless the Bills somehow go like undefeated, set some kind of unprecedented records. Like at this point, he's had a couple years of sustained success and so yeah. getting the playoffs just isn't enough anymore. The roster's too good, too. I mean, again, realistically, coach of the year has to be somebody who's like overachieving. I feel like 
because if we really think back on the past two decades, how many times should Bill Belichick probably have won? Despite the fact that he didn't, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's very narrative driven. Oh, absolutely. That's why I don't think McDermott would win, just because, I mean, it's such a good roster. No, so, but I, I think mostly, he does a good job. Mostly I was talking in terms of, like, McDaniels with this insane offense he's cooked up, Dayball with the amount of wins he's getting out of a terrible roster, and Sala with how insane this defense has been, you know, as like a defense. I guess that's fair. So not necessarily coach of the year, but who do we genuinely think is doing, like, a solidly better job? I mean, I think McDaniels is doing an absolutely outstanding job of coming in, knowing exactly who he's working with, and then building an offense around it. Because, you know, it always comes up that Tua doesn't really have the most accurate deep ball. It doesn't matter when Tyreek Hill can come back four freaking yards for it every time and high point it over two DBs. Like, who cares that he's underthrowing it? Tyreek Hill's going to get that ball every time. And outside of that, his 10 to 20 yard is so pinpoint accurate that you got two guys in Waddle and Hill who can break three tackles on their way to getting 30 or 40 yards. That's all he needs is to find a guy open in space and then let him do the work. And he's built just like a masterful team around that entire theme. It's got to be so annoying as a Bills fan, man. I, I can't even imagine. That's like, you, you get that. I get I get the, the Hackstall Wilson Broncos <laughs> to deal with. It's, it's hilarious. It, it's so much more annoying because he's extremely likable. Did you I just, really uh, like him as a person? Did you just confuse Seattle Kraken coach Ron Hackstall with Nathaniel Hackett? Did I say Hackstall? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he might have. He might have. Bad coach is bad. You know, it's, he may he like, may have done he may do a better job with the Broncos. Honestly, maybe they give him a shot. <laughs> he might. I I think it's uh, man. You talk about McDaniel's being likable. I laughed so hard watching that game. There was a there was a moment where Fields had just bursted off for a huge run. He's running by the Dolphins sideline, and McDaniel's pulls him aside and he says, "Stop it!" <laughs> to Fields, just right. like, stop, stop right. doing that. <laughs> exactly. Like he's such Hilarious. a likable person. Every interview I've seen with him, he got asked like, uh, he didn't get asked Big Spoon, Little Spoon. He got asked like, "Kiss, Mary, Kill" or something like that. And he went in depth with his choices of previous coaches. Have you seen me? Uh, uh, was going to do it with. Have you Love seen it. the Rachel Benetta impression of that video? It is an no. absolutely incredible video. I know what I'm looking up after this. Uh, it is an absolutely incredible video. I, I did not find that as funny as I found it incredibly awkward and weird. Um, the Jets, we do have to talk about the Jets. The Jets just got the right coach. Like they, they got the right coach and the defense is, is playing with what it, you know, with what it can be. And as long as they can keep coaching around Zach Wilson, they're going to be fine. But let's be very honest with ourselves. This offseason, the number one priority for them is to chase whoever becomes available at quarterback, which is why I brought up Aaron Rodgers earlier. If you think there's even a speck of a chance that you could get late stage Aaron Rodgers. You have to go after him because this defense just shut down number one offense in the entire NFC, in the entire AFC. I know you're going to say something snarky and stupid, Bradford, but uh, but the Bills are the best offense in the AFC, and the Jets just shut them down and held them to 17 points. And that's nuts. 
And if you add a, a competent quarterback behind that, whether that be Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers or whoever, you're going to have a shot to be in contention in the AFC because where the AFC has these great offenses, they don't really have great defenses in the AFC outside of maybe the Bills. But now the Jets have arrived. And to me, they're the best offense, they're the best defense in the conference, and they're a kind of defense that can carry you. And that 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 is very rare. I think only the Bills have a defense in the AFC that can carry them. So it's 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 important for them to be aggressive this offseason and chase a quarterback because they they're they're in a window right now. Uh, yeah, and it's clearly their one glaring error is that quarterback position. And I mean, the Jets fans are going to have to be probably pretty gun shy about taking up another washed up ex Green Bay quarterback. And frankly, does Aaron Rodgers want his career to follow back? Because who knows, that might be the stepping stone to welfare theft in Mississippi. We're just not sure how that goes <laughs> down. But maybe New York Jets just just really like beat that morale out of you. And that's where you end up with your life. So they both got to be careful on that one. But they're not going to end up with a high enough pick at this point to take one of the premier quarterbacks yep. unless they slip, which they, you know, kind of do every year anyway. I mean, look what happened with Justin Fields just a little bit ago and, and what he's trying to. I, you, you were talking about me making a spooky comment. All, all I want to say to you, Eric, I, I, I pulled Oh, no, there's stats. I know. Oh, no. Oh, a please, don't do this. I'm going to get you to guess uh, who leads the league in these respective categories. Okay. And I'll Gino make it Smith. easy for you. Uh, points is the Chiefs. Uh, yards uh, is the Chiefs. Touchdowns. Uh, this is the is Chiefs. a good guessing game. This is a really uh, crappy guessing game. This is a Red- really terrible guessing game. <laughs> Red zone. You want know something funny? Red zone touchdown percentage. They are number two. Number one is the Titans, which I think is hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, it is a Titan. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is kind of funny. It's the only uh, reason their record is what it is. But yeah, red zone touchdowns is is one. They're they're number one. Um, plays ran thirteen. Like it's the, the efficiency is just is just unbelievable. Like I, Patrick Mahomes is is is, is the MVP right now. Okay, I guess we have to do our Chiefs minute now. So uh, it's I mean, Chiefs minute. Let's I, talk about the Chiefs Titans. Well, I'm curious what your thoughts were on that game, if you, if you got around to watching it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just an inevitable personality. I I, I don't know. There's like I'm, no I'm... there's no other way to describe it. Uh, extremely underrated part of his game is his ability to run, which is just weird and a little bit awkward because it's always like he, he's a weird runner in that you, you blink and he's 15 yards upfield and no one's around him somehow. And then you kind of realize, oh, well, he did that by being like extremely diligent with how he uses his angles. He takes incredible angles against defenders. I noticed that about him. He's just, he's very twitchy when he runs. He just kind of bizarre. Darts, it looks so unathletic, darts, but it's so it, athletic. It, it, yeah, it looks. He does vaguely look like a muppet when he runs. I'm not yeah, it, 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 looks, right? spill it looks so <laughs> ugly, but yeah. somehow he's carrying somebody their spaghettios and he can't let them get on the floor. But somehow it works every. And he's, oh my god, the part you know, Brad, the part that 
infuriates me the most, especially when it's against like the Broncos or something, is like, okay, this is the football. I know this isn't a video medium, but he carries it when he runs. He almost holds yeah. it. Like, uh, do you guys notice this? Like, yeah, he's he like daring it, them like, to like take it from so cavalierly. Like, like, it looks so easy for like, uh, like, like you're telling me Jeffrey Simmons can't or one of the Titans linebackers can't just reach their hand out and just smack his arm because surely he'd fumble the football. But Eric, what happens when when he does that? So what what he does when he holds the ball up, part of the reason why he's so effective with his goofy ass running style is because defenders are terrified to appear on the highlight reel. Because, like, think of, like, the oh, shut up. and he flips it. They don't want to get the ball flipped over them. And so yeah. they're trying to play, like, very, like, like, like the defenders get in their own head a little bit. And it's almost like he's tempting them to do that. And he's like, yeah, make a move for me. I will flip this over you, and I will complete, like, one of the dumbest passes you've ever seen. Right? I, I actually have to agree with that a little bit. And I can't remember what quarterback I saw do it this week. But I saw them pump fake, like, four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Rogers, and I'm like, and I'm, yeah, it was Rogers. And it I was like, was that's hilarious. I was like, that's absolutely genius because as long as they don't know you're beyond the line of scrimmage, they have no idea you might not let go of that ball. It froze a guy and he ended up getting the yards he needed. I was just like, the ball gets pumped thing, The thing with Mahomes is running is he never runs for a yard less than he needs or a yard more than he needs. It's it's so it's so precise. Mahomes, like, for as good as he is, he's unhateable. But the one time, the one aspect of his game where I feel that prime Tom Brady hatred inside of me, where I'm just like, oh, will someone please just rip this guy's ACL out, is when he runs for football because <laughs> he's so cocky about it. He's just this little, ah, I just hate him. I hate him when he runs. I hate him when he If you would like to have more hatred of Patrick Mahomes, you go ahead and you check out his wife and his brother's social media. You can hate him real easy after all that. I hate how he runs. It pisses me off how effective it is. And to me, that was really what won them the game, was his legs. How do you think I feel with Allen, man? Also unhateable, also the most irritating runner, but it's in a completely different way because Mahomes. No, absolutely not. Because Josh Allen, when he runs, it's art because he's one of the best runners in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes than everybody else. When Mahomes runs, it's it's a calculation. Described it well. Patrick Mahomes is a freaking muppet when he runs. (laughs) Like, come on now. The nice part about, again, trying to tackle Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen, you might look silly to your teammates, but when you try to tackle Josh Allen, you look silly to the rest of the world because you know it's going to be on the Monday morning highlights. Where at least, again, you miss Patrick Mahomes. You look stupid, and it's definitely going to get brought up in your team meetings, but he didn't hurdle you. That's true. That's true. That always, He's done that against the Chiefs a few times, actually. But, it feels like it's just like an arrowhead special at this point. He's just waiting for the Chiefs, and he's going to get someone. Uh, he'll, he'll do it again in the playoffs. The, the one thing that I thought was interesting, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, was Malik Willis. Like, is this like a Malik Willis can't play kind of game, or it's like a we didn't even get to really see? Yeah, I mean – he, I don't even think they drafted the plan. him. They drafted him in the third round for a reason. Like, I I go, but I go with friend of a 
pod Trey Watkins on this. Uh, he was just he's this was never the plan. Like this is the the reason he's played the t- the last two weeks has been out of purely out of necessity. Like they do not want. And I to think be, they've gone multiple days up to the game thinking that he won't have to. Too. They like, do not, not want the to be planning yeah, on it. They don't want him there. They don't want to be playing Malik Willis. He has always been a guy that it's going to take two or three years to get him at at a starting level. I to me and to me honestly, I'm shocked, and I do think this is where I I give a lot of credence to what Mason is saying. They cannot know. Because if they expected him to play, they would just use his legs so much more than they are in these games. Like, they do not have hardly any designed runs for him, which is crazy. That's the most valuable part of his game. And, you know, I I just think they've been, the coaching staff has been totally caught off guard with Tannehill's inability to play the last two weeks, which is getting a little bit concerning. So. Yeah, I, I I don't hold anything against Malik Willis. I, I I think we need to see at least two or three years before before That's I fair. make a, a a real judgment on him. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we're at about an hour now. I did want to throw one question out there to the group before we go. I know we're AFC focused so much of the time. I did want to talk about the NFC, and we we talked about this last week when Ryan came on and he said. You know, Vikings are the second best team or the third best team in the NFC. And I said, Ryan, no way. I totally disagree with that. I wanted to ask both of you, who is the third best team in the NFC? If we classify Philly and Dallas as the contenders, is there one more in that group? And I'll go first here. I want to throw one out. I think we saw it this week. It's the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're better than Dallas. They are a real team. They are a real NFC contender. The fact that they went to Arizona, Geno Smith had a pick six. They were down at points in that game, and they found a way to win. That is the win. That is a signature win of a contending team. They are a team that can absolutely challenge the Eagles or the Cowboys for a spot in that top two tier and we'll have to play one of them in the divisional round. Most likely I I would be shocked if the Seattle Seahawks are not a divisional weekend team. And I think there's a shot they win in the divisional weekend. If they get the right matchup, I think they can hang with Philadelphia. I think the offense can be explosive enough. And I think the defense is good enough. And I think they can hang with Dallas. I, I I do think that they are criminally underrated. But one thing going against them is youth. But Pete Carroll's coaching has prevented youthful mistakes. I really do think the the Seahawks are right up there with the um, Cowboys and Eagles as contenders in the NFC, and. I would take them over the Minnesota Vikings every single day of the week. I think that they are most definitely a better team than the Vikings. No argument. I think if you made. take the uniforms off, there's no way you could argue that. Geno Smith's having a freaking year. Yeah, 
you're at completion percent. Sorry. Yeah. Any other contenders? Even I did. I, I was thinking very hard. I couldn't really. Uh, I did want to talk briefly about Rams Bucks. Uh, Bucks. There was a weird thought from some of the NFL cognoscenti about this one. There's like some rumbling. I don't know if you guys have picked this up in coverage that the Bucks are slowly, quote unquote, starting to figure things out. I did not see that when I watched this game back. I I I still think they look like a really lost offense with a severely limited old quarterback. And they just got lucky to play arguably one of the worst teams in the NFC in the Los Angeles Rams. No, no, Eric, you don't understand. Tom Brady heroically on his 11th try of that game, led them on a, on a heroic game-winning drive. It's just unbelievable. Ten times they put it up, and the Rams were just like, here you go, here you go, here you go. But no, see, that's why that's what separates Tom Brady from the greats. On the yeah. 11th try, there's no stopping him. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the Tom Brady blinders. I'm kind of like, I get it. We, we, we he all... threw 58 times in that game? Yeah, it was crazy. It, like, and I see some of these quarterback rankings coming out with him still as a top 10 quarterback. It's just disgusting. I mean, I, we get it. We all, we all agree. We all agree he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You can say that and still with an honest opinion and correct analysis say he has looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year because he has, if you put anyone else with the stats Tom Brady has right now, you look at them as probably the 20th to 25th best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's unbelievable. He ranks one of the lowest EPAs in the league, you know, He's at 62% completion percentage this year. Like, what? How do you complete 36 passes for 280 yards? Like, wow. Like, I I understand that he only has one interception on the year and he's not killing his team with turnovers, but over 10 weeks, he only has 10 touchdowns. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, at what point are we just going to open our eyes and realize he has regressed? I mean, I know that you can blame the offensive line, and I know you can blame the weapons a little bit, but still, these are the same weapons he had when he threw for 30 touchdowns two years ago. Like, I'm just kind of dumb with the Tom Brady excuses. Everybody gives this guy so many excuses. Maybe it's time to just look at his game and open your eyes and see that he is just not a great quarterback right now he's just not and it's just infuriating and honestly i i know how this goes i know how this goes somehow they get better and they sneak into the playoffs and they win a game they have no business winning in the wild card round and and he plays in a shootout in the divisional round and somehow gets to the conference finals. I'm no, I'm I'm done with that. I'm counting Tom Brady out. This is me, 
Eric Jensen, counting Tom Brady out. This is it. I know Bradford's giving me the cutoff sign. He's saying, Eric, don't do it. Don't bury this man. He's he, he's he's dunked on you too many times before. No, I am absolutely not. Tom Brady is not a top 10, not a top 15, not a top 20 quarterback in the NFL this year. He is a, the 23rd to 25th best quarterback in the league right now. And there is absolutely zero shot he makes some late miracle run to get to the NFC championship game. That will not happen. I will stake my career on it. I, I, re- I refuse to comment on this matter. I will not, I will not accept his demise. Yeah, you're you're an enabler. Young. You're an enabler. I'm not an enabler, but yes, I just you are. To wait a bit. Uh, people were saying this in 2019 and then he went on and had two MVP levels. In 2019, he would, he had thrown more than 10 touchdowns through 10 weeks. He, he only ended the year with like 20. Here's, here's okay. I don't know how familiar you are with the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, but they, they did this thing where Jesus, a lot of the bodies, Bradford, what? Of, <laughs> uh, they, they did this thing where like a lot of the bodies and, and corpses of the people that died in the tragedy, who's, I mean, just un, unfit to be buried in normal ground because I mean, the radioactive substances would seek into the soil and it would just cause the whole death of the ecosystem. They dug these deep, uh, uh, concrete pits and they buried them and they just packed like meters of concrete as their as their graves basically and just buried them there well underneath the ground and until tom brady is locked in one of those in, in, uh, enclosures i refuse to accept that he is he is done you're like, stupid and and in fairness uh that probably won't be enough just because they definitely dug one of those bodies up put him in a peyton manning outfit and let him win a super bowl that's true. They did. It, it's not over. Oh, my God. Over Are we really going to compare this lifeless defense to the greatest defense since the 85 Oh, no, not Bears? the defense, just the quarterbacks. They're very analogous with one another. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they have anything on the Sauce Gardner-led Jets. But... Oh, shut <laughs> up. I will not take this Broncos slander somehow. Somewhere. It is getting saucy in here, I, I will admit. Uh, yes, is Sauce Gardner better than Peyton Manning? Question he's, al- he's allowed 24 yards in coverage all year. I'm Can sorry, how many interceptions has, has Peyton Manning caught? Yeah. How is that possible? How is that possible? I guess just... most teams number one. Can we just stop? Okay, he, he's just in a really good scheme. Like, those numbers are going to even <laughs> out. Like, just a hater, man. No, he, he's this fine. man doesn't like a good holidays. That's what I'm it is. Book, no. I'm bookmarking this episode for the amount of takes that are going to age so poorly on you. He's like fine. everything you just said about Brady is Eric, there's something he's you don't understand. Done. And you don't understand something that Mason understand. And I understand to a lesser extent. I'm done you with You have been victimized. No, I have been. I what are you talking about? I'm a Broncos fan. You haven't been victimized for a decade, Eric. You I absolutely have been victimized for a decade. What are you talking about? I can point to countless times. That... What has Tom Brady done to the Broncos since like 2013, 14? What has he done since then? Anytime they've gone to Foxborough, they've lost. I, I mean... Let's just chill out with Eric hasn't been victimized by Tom Brady. What are you talking about? I root for you an AFC. You haven't suffered like I've I, suffered. Like no, shut up. I root for an AFC football team. I have suffered just as much. 
as you, Brad. No, 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 you have not. You have not. No, I have not. Have you seen the movie yet? Stop, stop, Have you seen the movie yet? Stop, 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 stop. I have not suffered more than Mason. First of all, first of all, not suffered more than Mason. You got to watch Brady blow out one of your most hated teams in the Super Bowl. He did that for you. Mason has had this man lot over him like a dark cloud for decades. The Broncos. I, I'm not saying, I, I, he never stole a Super Bowl from me. He never stole a Super Bowl from me. He, you can't. Can that's true. That. He did that to me. I you can can't be victimized. But when when your team is winning like five games a year for half a decade, it's not. If you want to talk about victimized, you've been victimized by Mahomes, sure, but not. Are Brady. you forgetting about literally the greatest quarterback rivalry of all time? Most of which is played on a different team. Colts, New England Patriots, right? Yeah, when yeah. they're with the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, oh. okay, you you guys are just pressing my buttons now, and this is getting too long. I, I'm annoyed by both of you. This has been a, a severe, you know, a severe waste of my, you know, waste of my time these last few moments here. I mean, absolutely asinine by both of you. I'm not comparing myself to Mason because of everyone here, he has been victimized the most by Tom Brady. But to act like I have not been victimized by Tom Brady is just false. I've also come around. I started my football watching career hating Tom Brady. Then it was a begrudging respect. Then a love. Now it's back to hate. I just want this man to go away and get out of my life. That, I am that at any point in time, the fact that at any point in time you felt love towards him tells me you have not suffered like I have suffered. I'm just... I'm just... I do respect him, though. And... That respect is why I will not say the Bucks are dead and buried until they're dead and buried. Eric. They are dead and buried. They're dead and buried. I, I will respect his they willingness to come back and suffer with a lackluster team just to hide money from his soon-to-be ex-wife. Absolutely. There's they're, they're first in the division right now, Eric. I don't know what to tell you. They're... Oh, my God. That's so sad. No, I don't. He, he can't they're, die. It's not going to happen. Gonna get, they're going to get waxed by the Eagles. That's... Sure. Sure, maybe. They'll have to make it through the first round to get waxed by the Eagles, though. It's true. So you're saying they're going to win a playoff game. Oh, Jesus. Uh, So much has come out of this episode. So much. If I I had uh, any sort of motivation or if I knew how to promote this successfully, I'd make like at least 15 clips because we've, we've covered a lot today. There have been a lot of takes, but I'm we're we're just gonna leave you with that, boys. It's a pleasure per usual, Mason. I appreciate you staying up with us till twelve thirteen in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, Bradford, thank you very much for joining us. This podcast will be out on Twitter on Wednesday morning, so forgive us if the Josh Allen. Uh, fingers crossed, manifesting as young people do. Only good Josh Allen news. Only good Josh Allen news. Um, if it's bad, I don't know. Mason doesn't have a traditional day job. If it's really bad, we might do an emergency podcast. If it's really, really bad, we might do an emergency podcast. But I doubt that happens. We will put this up tomorrow morning. Boys, thank you very much. This has been fun. We'll see you next time. But I just want to say... Farewell to everyone. And as always, John Elway is a bad quarterback. Uh,
I might just cut that out of the podcast. I think that's the, I think that's where we have to be. Yeah, okay. All right. See ya.